You want a footy podcast with expert opinion. Round one. We all went for Sydney bar uh, one bloke who went for Hawthorne. One that knows the numbers. Five contested possessions for Zach Dawson. With sizzling hot takes. I'm not even sure it's the worst trade Carlton have done in the last five years, to be honest. <laughs> and unique analysis. Everyone knows a redhead that's just good at football. You want the Greenfield Post footy podcast. Yeah! Oh, round three. It's, it's over. And what a round three it was. It is a GFP footy podcast. Plenty to cross off the list today. Of course, Hawthorne, uh, the race to the first coach to be sacked. I tell you what, Jesse Hogan punching darts and Port Adelaide Ferrells. And of course, as always, I'm joined by Rudy Edsel and Ethan Maldron. How are we going, boys? Good, thanks, Ryan. Uh, Very good. Maybe introduce us one by one next time so we don't go, Thanks, Ethan. (laughs) (laughs) Stumble across. As always, boys, let's kick it off. Performer of the weekend. Who have you got, Rudy? Uh, I'm going to go with the one, the only, Gary Ablett. Oh, (laughs) he's the champ. Of course, yeah. His response to like a week of conjecture and criticism about his future. He's come out and he's run what thirty six contested, uh, thirty six touches. What was it? Twenty one of them contested or something like that. I can't, I can't remember exactly. But he had a you know um, double figures in clearances, kicked two goals. He's just he's just class. It's, it's pretty easy to to play that well against Hawthorne, though. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't up against much. <laughs> he wasn't so, up against much. Yeah, we'll see how he goes next week. But you know, I'm, for the time being, I'm still I'm on my money. Well, yeah. actually, next week they play Carlton, so. Mm. Down here? Provi- provide a sterner test. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Eighth? Uh, I've got to go with Nick Rewalt. Like, the, the dude is a, he's a cyborg. He's not human. Two weeks ago, he looked, well, not dead, but, you know, he, he, looked, he looked like his career was what? dead. He looked thought like he, he was, lost a leg. Thought he lost a leg. Thought yeah. that was going to get cut off. He looked like he was about to do the um, the Chris Judd wave to the crowd. Thank, yeah. Thanks so much for being a wonderful support to my career. And two weeks later, he's had 28 touches and kicked three against Brisbane. Oh, who who no, didn't look that bad actually, Brisbane? I thought they were they were yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they, they, they weren't too bad. It wasn't like last year where he kicked nine, mm. and you know that that game was just ridiculous. This this was oh, a tougher yeah. this was a tougher contest. I don't know if it's the blonde hair, but he just still looks just as young as he did like six seven years ago. He's I, a freak. I, I, I think we were saying before we went on air that he could play until he's seventy. Mm. He's having it, the he's having the best Indian summer since Michael Clark in twenty twelve thirteen. Well, uh, look, boys, uh, this guy isn't my performer of the week, but I do have to mention. Well, then, him. what's he doing in this segment? Because he was fantastic on Be- Friday. Because he's prepared the bloody grab. That's <laughs> why he's in the segment. He set this gag up. I have. Henry Shade, uh, look, I, I wrote an article on, on Saturday morning sa- saying that Buddy had no impact on the game. That, that's wrong. Buddy was probably one of Sydney's best players. I reckon he's the best, uh, the best key forward on the park. He was. Yeah. By, well, and that's not hard because Darcy Moore's battling at the moment. Mm, but I thought yeah. Henry Shade, you've got to give him just a bit of a nomination because to keep Buddy goalless, uh, and he had a few touches around goal, I thought it was really good. But my performer of the week, boys... Mark Murphy, how good is wet weather footy and how good is it when your captain who, well, he was out for half the last season and he's come back three barnstorming games, 33 touches, 10 tackles, two goals, including one from the banjo, which no one could ever thought Mark Murphy would be able to do. He's a freak. Yep. Mark Murphy was a, he was probably a top 10 player in the comp four or five years ago, I'd say. Mm. He's in career best form at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good shout. He's in career best form at the moment. And uh, he's been Phenomenal. Do, for Carlton. do do you think like how much of that do you sheet back to um, Brendan Bolton? Like, do you think that he's just enjoying footy now? Yeah, uh, it seems like it seems like he's healthy as well. Like the last couple of years, doesn't seem like he's been able to move very freely. Mm. He's you know he's had ankle problems. He's had a few other things as well, I think, and he just looks fit. He looks good, doesn't he? And he you, looks meant, fit and you mentioned firing. that snag from the Bandry Rabs. 
you know they've they've gone that uh that camera angle where you can oh. see directly up the shorts. And, and it, was, it was lucky he was wearing the skins and, and, because you had a pretty good view of the whole uh, yeah. the block and tackle. And it's the still <laughs> shot on every, you know how they have a preview shot? That's it. Of every yeah. video online, it's him, and you could pretty much see his jats crack. You could see yeah. the outline of his jats. Yeah, you can you can see a lot more than perhaps you want to see. Yeah, but geez, what a great goal. And Carlton supporters, weren't they up and about? The, I mean, it was one win against a, a pretty pretty average Essendon unit, has to be said, and they were just absolutely spruiking. Well, I um, I went and had a beer in um in, in the Rose in Fitzroy last night Did after you? I finished up. Mm, seems know, very unlike, unlike It doesn't me, sound like you. There no. was an, an Essendon fan there who was uh, telling me that I was – you know, it's just the rain. We would have won for sure if it didn't rain. Uh, well, it did. Felt basically the better team all day. So, mm. you know, you can't really, and that, that, not, you just can't say that. They just played a better wet weather footy game. Yeah. Like they, they yeah. just played safer. You know, they, they kicked long when they had to. They didn't mm. try and finesse it around. Like any, any kick to a free player was nice and safe. And, you know, they yeah. tried to work around. Essen just tried to play their dry day game. Like mm. they, they, was, they tried to hit targets they possibly couldn't. It was naive. From it was very you know nice. what it was? It was a game coached by a bloke who's coached all of his career in Perth. Yes. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. What is this wet substance that comes from yeah, the sky? Yeah. What's this weird blue stuff? I've yeah, never yeah. seen it before. I've got to say, before we move on, um, Will Petrescu seaton What a game. He, he was unbelievable. Sam Petrescu seaton say, yeah. I thought you were asking me he, a question there. Yeah. yeah. He is. He's a bull. Yeah. He's an absolute gun, isn't he? And he's. He adds, just brings so much to that Carlton midfield. It's probably maybe that's part of the reason Murphy's in such good form because you can let Petrovsky Seaton do that stuff, and then Murphy can can uh, run a bit of cream on the outside. I mean, he's really good, he's really good football player, but I'm more about his haircut. That rat's tail, <laughs> that, that mum. We we do love him here. All yeah, right, now it's, it's nice to know that some it's nice to remember sometimes that Footy's heartland is still Nary Warren. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. Between him and him and Louis Taylor, they've just got that real dirt bag sort of haircut yeah. all taken up. <laughs> all right, Rudy, you've been rubbing your hands together since we started six minutes ago. Last night, geez, the, the round three footy, it, it ended so beautifully. And I think to quote you, Ethan, uh, to quote you, Rudy, you said, watching Hawthorne lose to the Gold Coast is better than sex. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I said in a couple of forums as well that the pride and happiness I felt was what I imagine it would be like watching your oldest son get married. <laughs> just, yeah, you know, just, just that beaming from ear to ear, just, you know, just shed a small tear. It's like, yeah, I imagine it's how Americans feel when they watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, where do we start? Where do we start with Hawthorne? I mean, they're, they're average. They, they can't win the ball at the, at the contest. They've got no speed on the outside. Their forwards can't take a mark. Their back line looks uninterested. I mean, how, how, how bad is Josh Gibson looking at the moment? I mean, it's just not good. I think that's one of the key problems with Hawthorne at the moment is they really seem to lack leadership. Mm. Now that um, Sam Mitchell and Jordan Lewis are gone, um, Jared Roughhead is, is not a very demonstrative leader. Liam Shields and Isaac Smith as vice captains aren't very demonstrative leaders. They got Luke Hodge there, who's you know he's not at his best footy, and he's probably on the way out in the next year or two as well. They've got no leadership. There's whispers about Hodgie that um, he's pretty unhappy with how the Mitchell and Moore stuff went down, and he's definitely unhappy about getting canned for the first week. D- do you reckon there's any... Well, I mean, I'm speculating here, so like, stop me if you if you want to. But you reckon there's any truth to the um, the suspicion that perhaps Hodgie's not a great influence on the group at the moment? Like, geez, can you see? Can you see what I mean? Yeah, can you see how that could be possible. Because I want to call him. All he, all I don't want to call him petulant. Well, but all he did but yesterday was whack Gary Abbott behind play. But he's he's that sort of 
he's that sort of angry person, isn't he? You know, mm. if things aren't going his way, and they have gone his way over the last ten years. You know, Hawthorne's won three flags. It is just he doesn't doesn't seem to take it very well. Oh, uh, but it's just so beautiful to watch. And an eighty six yeah. point loss to any team is, is a shellacking. But an eighty six point loss to the Gold Coast Suns, who everyone, including us, we were talking about them last week that they're on the edge of the cliff. It's it's another story, and the to, way to be fair to us, they lost by a hundred points last. Week. Absolutely, but uh, Hawthorne can't play like that and then not be an issue um, with camaraderie well, in, in the group. Well, I said, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I, I think Robbo tweeted something similar yesterday. He said that you know the way they're playing, it looks like there's fractures in the group. He did tweet that five minutes into the game, so take that with a grain of salt. Sound like Slobbo. <laughs> um, I said to Ethan yesterday, we were watching it together at work, and I said um, they kicked. Uh, the, Swan, the Suns went up about 20 odd, 26 points, something in the second quarter. And I said to Ethan, I reckon Hawthorne are cooked here because they cannot go, uh, they cannot go up a gear mm. like other teams. The, the first couple of weeks, they've gotten away to pretty good starts and been reined in. And when the, the other teams they're playing go up, uh, up the intensity, Hawthorne just can't match it. They get smashed around. They got, they got beaten in the contested footy. 180 to 118 yesterday. Mm. That is an absolute caning. They conceded four, 498 pos, uh, possessions to Gold Coast yesterday. It that was, is a huge amount of you, you, footy to give away. They they recruited Tom Mitchell and Jago O'Meara to fix their contested ball problem. Their contested possession differential of 62 was the worst, equal worst on record. You know how many goals they scored from stoppages yesterday? How many? One. 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 Wow. That's uh, mental. Don't, look, don't discount... The, the Jordan Lewis factor here. So Mitchell, he went, and, and that was fair enough. But Lewis, no one expected to. And that was, and, and that was born out of um, what Lewis felt was a lack of respect from, from Clarko. And it's, I think it actually has gone a long way through the playing group. Now, someone who works here in the building, and you boys probably haven't even heard this story. So she was actually holidaying away for a wedding where Hodgie was at. And they spoke to Hodgie about Mitchell. He's like, oh, yeah, it's fair enough. And during that wedding... The Lewis thing came and he's like, I haven't heard anything about this. And he was truly taken aback that Jordan Lewis had requested a trade because of what had happened. Now that doesn't sound very good for the Hawthorne Football Club. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's not a good look for the family club, is it? No. <laughs> it's not. Um so moving on, and, and this is probably a good segue into this. Last week we spoke about the, the coaches that are a race to get sacked first. And I think we had number one, we had um Rocket. Number two we had Lion, number three we had Buckley. What happened with all those three blokes on the weekend? Well, Ro- <laughs> Rockets come out and uh, uh, what Suns record win against uh, Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Re- Re- uh, Lions just knocked off the reigning premiers. No dramas. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Buckley that uh, fighting win in Sydney. Although and I, I uh, suspect, I, I, I think my fourth was Damien Hardwick too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they had a good win too. So um, they've all they've all sort of dropped back to the pack now. I would honestly still have Rocket at number one. I think he's got a massive target on him. Um. But, but the others, well, you know what? I'm still, I still think that Buckley will uh, have to, to. They've basically made their bed in saying they need to make finals, haven't they? Yeah, and as a Collingwood fan, I'm happy for us to put him in each week if he's going to continue to win after we put him in. Big game uh, against St Kilda though on on uh, Sunday because the Saints have kind of looked here and there. Um, you know, the Pies could knock them off, but if they lose, then you know they go what one and three with Anzac Day to follow as well. So it's a big month ahead. And let's let's not pretend Sydney had a very very inexperienced side on Friday. Yeah, um, I, I honestly think we learnt more about Sydney than, than Collingwood. The um, so Sydney's depth is just not. Well, they don't. Not there. Well, you, it's hard to cover for the amount of blokes they had out. Was it was the stat fif, uh, nine blokes for fifteen or fewer games? 
Yeah, that's yeah. it. Uh, they were missing what McVeigh, Rowan, Papley. Um, oh, there's many. Yeah, more. loads of them. They were missing heaps of blokes. Tippett, but yeah. um, but I th- but that uh, a couple of their older blokes, as well as that, a couple of their older blokes look done to me. Like Heath Grundy, <laughs> Heath Grundy. Yeah, Kieran Jack visibly aged five years during the game. Yeah, he, that uh, chest mark he dropped. The, yeah, with 15 in, inside, seconds to go. Yeah, inside fifty with, with oh. uh, yeah forty five seconds to go. That's just you cannot. You can't, you can't actually, drop that. Like, actually, Franklin like, should have gone for goal then, because that, that that that's within his range. Yeah, true. But when you think about but it, but I I think we learnt more about Sydney than, than Collingwood. I would still very much have Buckley in the gun. Ede is still in the gun. Uh, well, I mean, is Sydney the other go, one? Ross Lyon? He, they can't they can't sack him. Oh, they can't afford no. to. They yeah, can't afford no. to. But if Sydney go on five, which you know, very big possibility. They got West Coast in Perth, and they got GWS. Mm. They could seriously go on five. Would that put Horse in the gun? Oh, I don't. That's not how Sydney. Do no, things. it's not. But they got Stewie Jew, just be, who's been waiting there for a long time. I, I think this I, is also their first patch of bad form under John Longmore. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think you'll find uh, what will happen in that scenario is not so much that Horse will get the sack as he'll be he'll told he'll be told we're putting a succession plan in place. Stewie Jew will take over at the end of whenever. Well, can we? He's he's out of contract. I think at the end of the year or maybe next year. Can we? Can we chuck Clarko in there? I mean, no, the Hawks don't look like they're going to win a game. I, I watched him. It was akin to watching Muhammad Ali fight Trevor Burbick. You know, that uh-huh. la, his last fight of his career where everyone knew he was shot. And if if it wasn't so funny to watch Hawthorne, it, was, it would actually be very sad. Mm. Uh, I don't think they'll... No. In fact, they will definitely not sack Clarkson. He's won the four flags in the last decade. Mm. Uh, he will get to go out on his own terms. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not so much the sack Clarko races as the um, depart... Clarko race in the sense that you know if Hawthorne has a bad year, I reckon he's more likely to jump ship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he'll go. He, he'll go to another club. If I don't think he'll jungle just drums. Gold Coast. Are, jungle drums are beating for a Gold Coast appointment. Mark Mark Evans is up there. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. Mm. So it, it's probably still lead with you know Mark Evans up there. I think he's gonna he's gonna mean business. If Gold Coast go eight and fourteen, he might look at that and say that's not good enough. We want a new coach. We want if Alistair Clarkson's I, available. We'll I don't think Clarko. they're gonna struggle to find a reason to sack eight. I I'm positive he's gone this season. Um, last someone else we had in there last week was, was Ken Hinckley. We mentioned that maybe even after their strong start, he could still be potentially in the gun. Great showdown on the Saturday night. And there's no way he's in the gun after that performance. But Port Adelaide fans, have you seen the video of, of them punching on and spitting at each other after the game? It is actually extraordinary oh, to watch. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's like Victoria Park back in the seventies. Yeah, it was, it was just fantastic. Like you just... Trying to survey the video in the first couple of seconds, thinking, okay, what's going on here? And then you just see a Port Adelaide fan with the dirtiest blonde mallet of all time, just in slow motion, swing over the top and try and clock another Port Adelaide sport in the head, misses his the, head, the, uh, just gets him the shoulder. The great thing about it's that punch so is wonderful. it's so slow, the bloke that he punches almost doesn't realise he's been punched. He's like, <laughs> he feels that he feels the <laughs> he feels something hit his face, then he turns around and goes, Is it raining? Like, is it what? Like, did you just Really punch me at the footy? Did that actually just happen? <laughs> it was, was awesome. I was, was going to say the footage of that guy with the blonde mullet spitting on someone with a Port Adelaide jumper is the most Port Adelaide thing you're ever likely to yeah, see. The, the best throwing thing, a haymaker. The absolute best thing about it is the fact that it's just Port fans punching on with Port fans. I know it's it's vintage. I, I went to just as an aside, like to give you an idea of what Port fans are like. I went to um, a game there. Two years ago, yeah, Collingwood played Port over there in the absolute pouring rain. It was just after Phil Walsh had died, um, and there was a blo- so Port fans have this little gag amongst themselves where they call Port Power the the pair, kind of pair, 
because it's a bastardization of power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of fair. And kind of shitty fair. accents. Yeah, yeah. I think that's um, just how they talk. And but... there was a bloke there who turned up with, with like seven or eight pairs, like just taped to his body. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember looking at him in the third quarter and he'd like ripped one out of the tape and was just munching on it. <laughs> it was... Well, it's better than it's better than when they bring bananas to the footy. We don't all know how bloody ended. So let's, let's move on. From we're, that, ha- yeah. we're happy with power fans to bring pears, but just, just ban fruit from oh, that line. a pear. Yeah, they're they're a disgrace. You mentioned last week our crowds in Perth are pretty bad, and I did mention Port Adelaide at home is is probably arguably the, the worst. But like you said, at least they're punching on with themselves and no one else. Mm. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, I tell you what, boys. I tell you what. I love wet weather footy. How good was wet weather footy on Saturday? You, you're just back to basics. Kick it long, get it on the boot, chest marks, in and under. It was just beautiful. It looked like a game from 1995, didn't it? Like the long sleeves, the muddy center square, Carlton winning. <laughs> it was... Uh, well, we can't... Cade Simpson and Jack Silvani will wear a long sleeve in 50 degree heat, so no, let's just get rid of that. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was... There's a... Um, I, it, saw it, a theory, I saw a theory going around as well that the, the long sleeves... This long sleeve jersey itself was just a normal jersey, and then the um, the blokes wearing it had just whacked the the blue out jersey over the top. <laughs> <laughs> possibly, possibly. But with, look, with the score of what was uh, fifty seven to forty two. So seven goals, fifteen to six six. It was just it was beautiful to watch. It was beautiful because it was just one massive grind to watch Essendon lose. Mm. And I think that was just the most satisfying feel. Like you knew it was going to happen. And you knew that, like, there's still so much time left, but it's just so difficult to see anything possibly happen. It's, and, it's like it's um it's a, a weird sort of stark look at what footy is like these days as well. So you look at Richmond West Coast played at the G in the wet, eleven ten to eight seventeen. Then Carlton Essendon seven fifteen to six six. Then you look at the games at the Dome on the weekend. Geelong twenty six twenty goals six. Yeah, Melbourne thirteen nineteen, St Kilda fourteen twenty three. This is with like an absolute apocalyptic, you know, hate like you know death storm coming down upon us, and these blokes are thirty seven scoring shots at the at the dome. At the dome. Like, yeah, that's just what footy is like. Are you alluding days. to your? I tell you what, Rudy. Well, I'll tell you what. Melbourne could have really used a couple of blokes on the weekend. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, they lacked oh, leadership out there. Mm. And you know the kind of leadership that you can you can get from say a quadruple premiership midfielder, <laughs> and um, they really used could have used a bloke that could just uh, slow everything down and and uh, really sink a set shot with no dramas, uh, and um, maybe like a key yeah, forward may, type, maybe maybe like a big dominating key forward type, yeah, mm. maybe the kind of bloke that likes to punch a dart over at a music <laughs> festival in, in uh, WA. I think you know, I think those photos were taken while Melbourne were playing. Yeah, it was it was on Saturday. At uh, Hot Double Wine Machine, which just sounds oh yeah, that, something that, that, right that up your alley. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, that's actually a great name for a festival, Hot Dub Wine Machine. I'm going to give him, I'm going to give Jesse Hogan a pass on this one purely because he was at Hot Dub Wine Machine, I, and also I kind of like the idea of uh, full forward smoking darts. It just oh, ba- yeah. harps back to the old school times. Mm. Uh, Mal, uh, Ethan, you are an impressionable young and um, Melbourne supporter. Impressionable. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you feel like do, going do out and getting a pack now? of yeah. Winnie Blues? Uh, I only they got Jesse Hogan's face taped on it. Does your heart beat true for the Winnie Blues? <laughs> uh, I, uh, not just yet. But yeah. i got no problem Melbourne, with Melbourne, no, just exactly. To, just to loop back to what I was saying, Melbourne visibly missed those two blokes on the weekend. And I think uh, fans and the coaching staff, right to be furious. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, I tell you what, um, back when the, um, well, not back when, later in the season when 
teams are requesting their fixtures for 2018. Frio should be proposing to play the Bulldogs 22 times a season. <laughs> because they just got the wood on them. It, it's so bizarre. You know, it happened last season when Frio won a dire game and Matthew Pavlich's fair. Well, they won by 20 points and, you know, dogs crawled into finals and won the premiership four weeks later or yeah. five weeks because there's this stupid fucking so we, we yeah. So we can expect Bulldogs to not lose a game for the rest of the year if you're going on that? Yeah, if, if, you know, this is telling of anything, the Dogs unless they play Freo, unless they play Freo for a second time, mm. yeah, something like that. And again, like I don't think many people realistically expected after what Freo have served up. You know, they got done comfortably in their first home game by Geelong, who you know we're obviously not learning anything about. You know, we, we yeah. think we're, you know they're a good side, and you know maybe not great, but you know they rolled Freo very comfortably, and then they got done by Port Adelaide, no, even more convincingly. Right, rinsed by Port Adelaide's fifteen goals, isn't it? Do you think that that maybe that like, you see this sometimes, good sides just have bogey teams. Like, yeah. Um, Sydney like, and Collingwood. Well, yeah, Sydney and Collingwood. Hawthorne had Port, who they just couldn't remember. Like, yeah, a couple of years beat. ago. Um, yeah. And Geelong. Well, Richmond had Gold Coast for a while. Well, yeah. Well, and were Richmond they, ever a good side? Um, no. Collingwood, <laughs> Collingwood in 2011 lost, to, lost three games that year all to Geelong. Yep, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for bringing that up, mate. Really appreciate <laughs> you it. Sometimes, but you sometimes see that with a good side and maybe... maybe uh, Maybe Roscoe is just uh, Bevo's kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Eith, it is uh, that time of the week that we just sit back on our chair and, and let the big fella go for, for 60 seconds. It is time for... The Big Fella's Angry. It's Rudy's Rant. <laughs> <laughs> Second week in, and that still is my favourite soundbite possible. Who is, it? Who is yelling in that? I don't, I, he said it. Uh, no, I, I, need to, I need to find that person. Just give him a great big hug. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just kiss a him stock, on the cheek and say thank you so much. If you don't know what Rudy's rain is, uh, we let Rudy go for about sixty seconds, off by himself, just uh, have on a bit of a tangent. So off you go, big fella. Well, you know what I'm not having this week is the the state of goal kicking in this competition. Dead set. It. I mentioned it before. So Melbourne, they kicked thirteen nineteen. They kicked themselves out of the game. They kicked. Uh, two five or two six in a quarter, six five another. St Kilda uh, more or less did the same against the Brisbane. They were lucky they were playing Brisbane, who are bad compared to Melbourne playing Geelong, who are reasonably good. They kicked fourteen twenty three. Now, you you can't tell me that these blokes like these both of these games are at Eddie had under the roof. You can't tell me that these blokes can't you know you can't tell me that these blokes are missing these easy set shots. You can't tell me that there's there's nothing they can do about that. But some of the Melbourne, uh, some of the Melbourne misses were just completely unforgivable. Some set shots that were just, you know, like more or less dead in front. There was a Nathan Jones snap that was that really. Um, I just I don't understand how goal kicking can be that bad. Well, fourteen twenty three for St Kilda is pretty average. Fifteen nineteen from the Giants as well, but that was in. That was in Tassie, so yeah. I mean, that was always going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So they've got it. They've got an excuse, and they. I mean, they still won by by five goals. Mm. But Melbourne literally cost themselves a game by not being able to kick. They had Geelong on toast for three quarters. and They should have been up by five goals at least at halftime. Yeah, they should have definitely won that game, and they definitely lost because they couldn't kick for goal. And it's the most frustrating part of, of a game, of footy. As a fan to watch, you got all these set shots, and they're like gold. You have to make sure you kick them. And, well, it cost you a mob on the weekend, Heath. Yeah, um, I don't envy Rudy sitting next to me on the weekend watching that game. Mm. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the most frustrating things you can ever see as a supporter is just watching your team kick themselves out of it after they've earned and fought their way into such a good spot, only to cost it with the most simple mistake, with a final mistake. Mm. 
you know, shots and shots that I would probably nail on my non-preferred, and I'm mm. yeah, I'm dead set terrible on my preferred. Yeah, and it's um, I tell you what, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna claim credit as well. I said last week that the D should come out be would be thinking of targeting Geelong because they're vulnerable, and I was right. They targeted the hell out of them. They just couldn't kick. Well, so sorted out. You uh, you mentioned mistakes. Uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast very shortly, but we do like to have weird takes of the week. And you mentioned mistakes, and Robbo's come out with uh, a couple of weird takes this week, Keith. Yes, he has. Um, he took aim at Dan Hanabry for some bizarre reason, ironically criticising him for not drinking. Mm. He, um, Dan's gone off the booze completely for the year. I think to improve his footy, didn't work in the first couple of weeks, but he was great in. He was great against Collingwood. Mm. You know, he had 30-odd touches, and he was you know, back to his best. And Robbo still found some reason to you know, think like it's changed him or something. Yeah. I don't know exactly what he said. It might have been tongue-in-cheek, but, but it's still it was, it was poor taste. I, uh, the, the, weird, the weirder take for me, also, Robbo, um, he, he said Clayton Oliver c- could be the next Michael Voss. They don't even play similar. They, 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 they're, just, they're just red-headed midfielders. <laughs> literally just, that's literally it. Literally, just both have red hair. I, I heard Wayne Carey's talk on the on the on Triple M it's, on the it's, weekend. It's, it's like saying Dustin Martin is the next Nathan Carroll. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. And 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 um, Wayne Carey put it simply. He said, "Well, these blokes need to sell newspapers, so yeah. they got no story. They just find a story somewhere." And we're, that to, we're talking about stinks it, so it that. <laughs> well, it does, but I mean, he started the year really well. But Michael Voss is one of the greatest footballers of all time. But he so is Clayton Oliver. Michael. But he put <laughs> fear into players. I can't see Clayton Oliver getting knocked over by Scott Burns, picking up, giving a handball. For a goal and then uh, abs- running demonstratively yeah, they're, at they're, Scott they're Burns. Demonstrative in very different ways. Clayton Clay, Clay Oliver just nick your hamburgers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Uh, as we wrap up the podcast, uh, what are you looking forward to this week? I'll kick it off. Um, I got so I'm gonna have to. I've got two here, so I'm being greedy. All right. Uh, I'm looking forward to Good Friday footy for the first time in forever. I don't believe in religion, but thank God for Friday, Good Friday footy. Uh, it's going to be an okay game. I think we've got North Melbourne coming up against the Bulldogs. Else. The Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Yep. Um, and which yeah, both both clubs could do with the money on Friday night as well. So uh, I'm really looking forward Friday to that. Arvo. It's a 4.20 start. Mm. It's not a bad one. And that second one, boys, I'm also uh, looking forward to Richmond fans unloading more dollars on their team to win the flag. They've gone in from forty six to twenty one dollars. <laughs> You're not going to win the flag. That's that's grass. It is. That's the best. That's the best out of the weekend, isn't it? <laughs> um, what I'm looking forward to, um, even after all the pillaging we've given them this week, I'm very much looking forward to Hawthorne betting Geelong on Easter Monday because it's it's just one of those things that you just look at and you think, you know what, I've got a gut feeling here. Mm. Can it curse well and truly buried? Do you think? Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, you can, you, I, yeah, you can see it. It's my worst nightmare. You can see it happening for sure. <laughs> and coming out this weekend and uh, and and just snapping Geelong in two. Yeah, great. Can't wait for that. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to being at the Carlton uh, Gold Coast game and covering it while uh, Adelaide are playing Essendon in a much better game that I won't be able to watch. That's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. <laughs> Take a book because it's going to be bloody boring. Yeah. Carlton versus Gold Coast. Mm. All right, boys, thanks for joining me. Uh, we will be back next Monday afternoon with another GFP footy podcast. Remember, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Greenfield Post. Also, check us out on Facebook and uh, hit up on the website, greenfieldpost.com.au. Catch you next week.